of the exciting things that I talked about in the last program uh, for the Global Challenges Foundation Conference in Stockholm was meeting some incredible people doing some extremely interesting things. And not all of us got to the actual semifinal or finalist stage. Today, we're going to be talking to a group that, that has done a phenomenal amount of work that covers quite a spectrum. And I think you're going to find it interesting because it's the intersection between business and global change. My name is Donna Jones. I'm the host for the program. The program's the Insight to Action podcast, and my work involves in innovative ways of designing change initiatives so that they're people-friendly and extremely effective. With me today is the team from Impact, and it's quite a team. So let's just start by getting you to introduce yourselves, and at the same time, if you can also talk a little bit about what is impact and, and what brought you to this place of collaborating on, on something that could offer an alternative to the existing ways that we make decisions on these big, tough issues? This is uh, Matullah Rahmati from Afghanistan. I'm one of the co-founders of Impact from Kabul. And also I'm leading an initiative, which is an incubation and acceleration program from Silicon Valley by name of Founder Institute. I'm their local director. And at the same time, I'm so much interested in social activities. That's why I'm running a book club for spreading the culture of book reading in Afghanistan. So regarding your question on what's impact for me, with the passage of the time, impact got different senses for me and different meanings. Because we have a started impact as three of us. It was me, Ms. Nicole, and Mr. Ahmad which we got together in Kabul after a number of horrific incidents and explosions in Kabul, where there was a lot of negative energy, and we wanted to find a window to give the people or youth in Kabul hope to continue their way, start doing things in a positive way. And that's how we started to brainstorm, and we came up with impact. So that's how it worked. And then... It was a very good event organized in Kabul where we had like people from different backgrounds, but at the end of the day, they were all contributing to the same cause. And that was giving hope and positive energy to youth who were part of the program. And hopefully we had around 350 participants and most of them were youth. And that was a very good program and it could be successful in Kabul. And right after that, we moved to Berlin, which was the second step for impact. And then for me, impact that time, it changed its meaning. And rather than like giving only a positive image or uh, being a window for hope, that time it became like a messenger or platform where it changed the narrative on countries like Afghanistan at the first stage. And at the second stage, impact became a bridge for connecting different ecosystems because what, that time we took with us 11 social entrepreneurs from Kabul and we took them to Berlin. And that's how they could work on projects together with uh, participants from Berlin. And after that, the third meaning or sense that impact got at that time was like a platform which introduces with solutions to local problems in different countries. So that's basically impact for me. And now it's growing more and more and it adds on. My name is Tobias. I'm working for GIZ, which is um, Germany's leading provider for sustainable development services. But at the same time, 
I am also an entrepreneur and I'm highly interested in uh, things uh, that happen all across the world, innovative initiatives and um, uh, analyze what makes them successful and um, uh, how they could actually collaborate with larger institutions. I joined the Impact team when Impact moved from Kabul to Berlin. What Mati said, it's for me essentially the same thing. If you would like to ask me to how to describe it in more technical terms, I would say Impact is the platform that connects social entrepreneurship ecosystems, promoting social entrepreneurship as a way of achieving the SDGs and bringing together more established organizations with younger organizations and providing them kind of the framework to come together, develop ideas together and implement them afterwards. And what has started in Kabul now is basically um, going now globally. It has been in other countries as well. Um, I'm sure Allah will talk about it in just a second. What we are also seeing is that there's so much more potential in it, um, uh, that there are let me put it the other way around. I'm working for a large organization. I do believe that we are doing a very good work, but we are missing um, uh, the agility and the innovativeness of um, the swarm of entrepreneurial initiatives that we see across the globe. And I think that there's a huge potential that can be harvested um, if you bring um, uh, these many initiatives together, if you connect them in a meaningful way, and uh, if uh, you provide a framework that allows them to grow. And then I joined the team. Hi, my name is Ala. I'm from Beirut, and I'm the MENA director of Impact. After the event in Berlin, Nicole came to Beirut and we started working on the MENA region because it's um, it's not like a, a, an actual conflict zone. It's more of a post-conflict zone. So here we have social entrepreneurship booming in the country. Um, we have lots of support for social entrepreneurs and uh, lots of organizations are investing in teaching young students and um, young adults and pushing them forward for them to learn how to make, to work for a better future for all the citizens. So what we're doing here, we held an, an event. We had an event in, in Beirut, and now we're organizing an international event in Beirut. In addition to several other events in the MENA region, we have an upcoming event in Amman uh, and, and an upcoming one in Cairo this year. And several upcoming events for the beginning of 2019. Um, in all the different events, we work on um, partnerships, and um, and diversity. We want to we want people to know that social entrepreneurship doesn't work only in the in one context. It can be applied to different contexts. We work on raising awareness about the importance of uh, social entrepreneurship and um, and the support that we can give to the citizens and to everyone in the in different countries. And we're trying to take and implement several. Um, social enterprises from different countries and assembling them into like a network whereby different people from different uh, ecosystems can benefit from. This is in a nutshell what we do. We're constantly developing our model and, um, and we're getting feedback from everyone around us, tweaking it a bit and adding more exciting things to it uh, for us to have a bigger impact on people's lives. And for now, we had very positive feedback. Lots of students, they were enthusiastic about everything happening. And they, they just started their own initiatives here because of 
what we offered them and the support we, we gave them in a, in a short period of time. So we have some success stories and we're hoping to have more success stories with time. You know, stories that make it real, because when you talk about collective collaborative innovation or social innovation, it doesn't really stick until you start getting what that looks like on the ground, and particularly in areas of conflict or post-conflict and also in areas where diversity is pretty key to going forward. Yeah, exactly. Nicole? Hi, I'm Nicole. I'm also co-founder of Impact, together with Mati. And uh, besides that, I also have a social enterprise. It's called Filia. We're providing a program working with women to enhance a more empowered conversation and dialogue skills. I also uh, published a book last year. Um, We were looking at what makes startups around the world impactful. And in that research, um, which I also undertook in Afghanistan, we found out that there are three key elements for success in the startup world, but then also when you go beyond uh, for other entities. Uh, We coined this model, the power triangle model, and this is also what impact is modeled around as an, um, an, an event and as an organization. We're looking at three key elements, and they are access to networks, resources, and knowledge. I ju- yeah, I just also want to um, add a point to this. So I was basically um, what Mati already mentioned in, in Kabul. And uh, one of the, the reasons why I was there was to, to uh, research what makes a startup succeed in different contexts. And uh, we can see in global governance, especially that power dynamics are shifting. And what I found, my background is in development and international politics, international economics. What we can see, especially in countries like Afghanistan, is that um, there are various traditional actors um, that cannot work as effective as they perhaps used to. And um, that's why we're also looking at entrepreneurs and social entrepreneurs, especially in conflict and post-conflict areas, as we could almost say a new actor, an additional actor, drawing onto what Tobias just said, to maybe complete a picture that we haven't seen like like this before. Because the larger organizations, as we've seen, have difficulty delivering all the goods and services to all the populations, especially when we look at security situations uh, that are difficult or migration issues. That's why we're looking also at social entrepreneurs and entrepreneurs to perhaps fill a gap. There's certain risks that the Global Challenges Foundation are addressing, like like global climate change, for example, that can only be addressed through entrepreneurs. Government can set targets and everything else, but then they can do as the United States did and say, "Oh, I don't want to do that now. I want to." It's entrepreneurship that's really going to take the lead in the end. Absolutely. If you compare risks, risks actually mean complexity, right? And um, uh, to manage complexity, what we know from common literature already is the fact that structured organizations uh, that are top-down hierarchical are really struggling to um, respond to uh, complexity or to uh, respond to um, fast-changing environments. And that a network approach or an ecosystem approach in that regard is far more effective. Now, if we now would consider the United Nations system, instead of being the system of institutions that have policy-making and implementing power in some regards, if you would just imagine that they would turn around and actually, instead of implementing themselves, for example, with regard to climate change, the UNDP, um, uh, the development programs that are actually targeting some of these issues, if you actually turn it around and make the United Nations actually 
not an implementing policy making body, but actually a body that could serve in the future such entrepreneurial initiatives, then we would believe that there could be such a huge benefit for everyone involved. Because what we are seeing here is there are lots of entrepreneurial initiatives, but at the same time, they often do have problems to scale, either beyond um, uh, their sector or beyond their geographical location. Now, we also do see that as they are often um, limited to a certain sector or geographical limitation, they are not pushed to innovate even further throughout the process. The United Nations or the international global system, on the other hand, they do have an infrastructure that is actually providing lots of networks across the world, lots of um, subject matter expertise and also lots of resources. But at the same time, with these um, more traditional organizations, they have really problems um, with regard to agility and with regard to innovation. If we can actually merge the two, if we could merge um, or support um, young entrepreneurs or entrepreneurial initiatives to actually connect with such an infrastructure, and if the infrastructure of the global governance system would be there to connect these entrepreneurial initiatives, provide them resources and networks, that would actually in return allow these entrepreneurial initiatives to scale, to make impact. Yeah, I love this idea. Tobias, based on that description that you've just given, uh, it begs the question that I want to put to both Maddie, Maddie and Ella. You know, in a lot of countries, and, and, and yours aren't the only ones, but because it's everywhere, there are very rigid rules about how things get done, particularly the power structures. <laughs> and so there's this arc of creativity that's coming out of youth that can power this kind of change globally. And it runs smack into the old world view that, very hard to shift. What are your observations in your countries about how important it is for those partnerships to emerge versus just simply design something new that will replace the old? Well, social entrepreneurship is new to Afghanistan and itself the entrepreneurship, it was introduced like it was during 2013 that for the first time there were some organization that stepped in Afghanistan and then they introduced what is entrepreneurship which Founder Institute was one of the first of its type organization which entered to Afghanistan. And then they have started with a mentorship and training program where they spreaded the word of entrepreneurship. But with the passage of the time during 2014 and 15, it kind of could find its place in the market. But now hopefully people know about entrepreneurship. It's an attractive subject in the market and people are so interested in it. And now, uh, regarding the social enterprises or social entrepreneurship, it's brand new and it's new to our market. But the thing is here that recently government in Afghanistan is also putting attention on entrepreneurs and social entrepreneurs in our market. Because it was like around uh, a month and a half ago that the presidential palace had organized a conference by name of Labor Conference. And part of that, they had the, the representative of uh, private sector, which most of them were entrepreneurs and social entrepreneurs. It shows that there is an interest from government side that they want to bring different actors together. And at the end of the day, this is what we want in impact. Because the systems which are like... Uh, we can say they start from the upper to below and they are thinking like they are the one who are creating or working on the strategies and developing the strategies 
and those who are like the bottom or down they have to like follow that but now we're like witness that the government is interested to hear more from those who are like small players so they can develop we can say strategies or policies accordingly so we believe that the time for a kind of government or system which is uh, up down is uh, kind of over and now it's the time that the approach should be changed and it should be like in two ways so we can have a solid and good and effective system at the end of the day but hopefully i'm so happy that I, now i see these positive changes in afghanistan as an entrepreneur it encourages me a lot to go ahead i can add also to this that entrepreneurs they dare to do things more than governments because governments they have this big responsibility of everything they need to work on so individual individuals and small entrepreneurs they dare to do things they dare to take risks and to explore new technologies to add their own perspective to things their new youth perspective if you want following the the bottom up approach helps to understand the challenge better because we're living uh, the challenges we're trying to solve and i think we're we're eligible, eligible somehow to solve these problems since we're facing them so social entrepreneurship is something that the governments now are starting to reinforce they're allocating specific funds for them here the um, the government and the central bank they they worked on a circular circular called 331 where they supported startups and they injected a big amount of money into the startup ecosystem in lebanon i can proudly say that we have a strong ecosystem since the different stakeholders are together they're not fighting for anything so they just want the young entrepreneurs to succeed they're just supporting them um, we can see we have different uh, organizations that are It, each one of them is an expert in its own field like we have someone in agriculture we have someone in technology we have someone in in finance so someone for education so each one of them is responsible for a different field and they're all supportive they're all interconnected and whenever anything happens in the country we're all we're all there so um, this supportive ecosystem helps a lot young entrepreneurs and it intensifies the work because we have lots of resources and access to resources is easy since we're all connected we all know each other and we're all supportive of the different initiatives we're working on and each one of us whenever anyone has any opinion or any perspective we're very open to criticism and open to change which i think is a different model than the government since the government has to hire an expert and then they need to study things and the process is slow in the entrepreneurial ecosystem it's faster we do things we test the ground we do our market study and then we prove the concept and we move forward so let's go a little dig a little bit deeper Ella, if we may into decision making when you're working in collaboration like that is there a particular method you use to get group decisions to come together to go forward or how how does that process where any of you can comment whenever anything happens like we know the different the different views and who the experts are like we always refer and we go back to the experts to see and to take the the decisions we need to take i don't know if i answered your question 
Well, it sounds like you're using the experts as a consultation, but in the end, you get you you yeah. are are actually making those decisions. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we do take the decisions. We take the decisions based on calculated risks. We measure the risks we have, and we look for the for the opportunities we have in the market and whatever is working and whatever is not working here and globally. We refer back to the international ecosystem always to see what other what others they already did. And we always make sure not to reinvent the wheel. So we're innovative in different aspects and we make sure to always maintain our innovative aspects in whatever we do. Like we want to change in different ways. Excellent. I would like to reinforce what um, uh, Martin Ala um, said. And in fact, yes, we believe that doing things together um, will always uh, result in something more important impactful than if you do things alone and that implies collaboration and as long as different entities pursue the same objective it doesn't matter if the one entity is an entrepreneur and the other entity is a government so i think the objective matters to come together but however the difficulty is not only coming together but actually um, to collaborate effectively so how do you do that an entrepreneur speaks a different language um, an entrepreneur takes different approaches to solving a problem than a large organization would do that i can say that i'm working for a large organization while actually being an entrepreneur myself so the question really is how do you collaborate together? And we do believe that collaboration should not start at a level where you actually implement something, but it should start at the level where you start developing ideas together. And that will make it far more easy to understand each other, see what complementary strength everyone brings to the table and how you can implement it best. And if I'm uh, going back to your question of how do we make decisions, um, then I can give you the example of Impact Berlin. In Impact Berlin, it was the first challenge to create actually a space where people meet independent of the, their functions, independent of the organizations they were having in the background, but actually to meet in a way that um, everyone was on an eye level, was equal amongst equals, um, but with the same interest, with the same objectives in mind. And we created that kind of space so that everyone on the second day of Impact Berlin was able to actually develop ideas of what could be achieved together. And then the decision was made of which of the project to pursue was not made as much by an expert panel. They played a role as well. But even more importantly, we recognized that everyone in the room is an expert and that everyone in the room should make a decision of what are the most effective and the most promising projects. So we had around 15 um, proposals at the time. It was a small scale, but this is where you can see the potential to grow. And we decided to work on 10 of these projects the next days. And the approach that we were then taking was um, basically kind of a mixed design thinking approach um, with some other elements included that resulted in the end in seven projects that are now implemented in one way or another with partnerships um, where it was right from the beginning clear what everyone is bringing to the table. 
And there is this crowdfunding platform for Afghanistan that Marty can actually talk about, or this refugee partnerships between a German uh, um, established organization and a startup incubator in Kabul that is actually now um, quite effectively working together to the benefit of both organizations, but ultimately, obviously, to the best of the refugees themselves or the beneficiaries of that. So I think if you take this approach further, then it entails the decision-making ultimately needs to be done by equals amongst equals, actually being capable of um, understanding the potential of an entrepreneurial initiative and then to an ultimate extent by the um, beneficiaries themselves. Maddie? As Tobias said, I just want to add to it that uh, while we are talking about like making decisions between entrepreneurs, the thing is here that everyone has a part of expertise or everyone is good in one part. So he or she is consulted based on like the expertise that he or she can provide. And most of the times, whatever we're doing and, and, and even in places that we need to take a decision, it's more like who is based on what and how we all like share ideas. And as Tobias said, for example, in the second day of our event in Berlin, in the room we had different entrepreneurs with different backgrounds who were like the best in different fields. But out of like 15 projects, there were only 10 that the people wanted to work on. I came up with the idea of a crowdfunding platform for Afghanistan to solve the very basic and initial problems of entrepreneurs in Afghanistan. Because one of the very first problems that aspiring entrepreneurs face in Kabul and overall in Afghanistan is access to fund. So basically what my platform gonna do is connecting the ideas to those who have money with them. So that's how we make decisions. Has it been launched? We are working on the technical part, but hopefully I can say that the platform is there, but the formal launch is not in place. One point um, about decision-making, even in our team, um, we're trying to practice what, um, what, what the team members just said. Um, we're really um, a gender-diverse team. We have people from different age groups. The youngest, I think, is Allah. Um, and uh, then we have people up to uh, in their mid uh, and 40s. So um, we have people from Western countries, but also from yeah from Afghanistan, Lebanon, and, and other places, Iraq. So in, we're we're being approached by people because we're I think it's when you make decisions like we do or we strive to do in our organization and and trying to be agile, as uh, Allah also mentioned. And not just staying stuck with one thing, like knowing what your core is, but also being flexible enough to change it if you are in a different context where things are being done differently. Or maybe one, you know, in Afghanistan, the, the topic of migration was at the forefront, whereas now we're going to India and everybody speaks about uh, female entrepreneurs. So we're also trying to be flexible within what we do. And I think when you speak about decision-making, that's also very important that we collaborate and we really recognize each other's uh, strengths that we are all bringing. And um, another factor also within our team is that we have people like Tobias who really understands large organizations, development organizations that are very close to, to governments as well. And he knows what the structures are like and why they're like 
the, the way they are. And then we have people like Allah, who's a co complete entrepreneur. It's very important to have an understanding of the different perspectives also within our team in order to have that collaboration, the innovation in our collaboration that uh, Tobias mentioned. So I just wanted to add that point as well. So we're trying to, what we're trying to preach, we also want to live as an example within our team as well. Well, and that's beautiful because that's where it gets super real because the, there's plenty of people particularly, well, I'm just going to name the agile environment who can talk the talk. They have the vocabulary down, <laughs> but when it comes to actually applying it to their own organizations, not so much. So a lot of these companies will consult for other companies on how to be agile and be in completely incapable of it themselves. This is where you live it and breathe it. And then you wrestle with the, the challenges and the tensions and, and that that's, that's growth. That's fantastic. And we do. <laughs> I also would like to add, about the diversity we have in the team to add to Nicole, like even we're diverse from different cultures, but we're also from different fields. And I think this is key. Like Tobias has a totally different um, expertise, if you want, than me, for example. I have Wonder Ed and we work on teaching coding for preschoolers through storytelling. Nicole has Filia and they work on women empowerment. So we all adopt to each other's expertise in the, field, in the different fields we come from and the different fields we operate in. I think this is one of the main things that make us really special and different than the others. We're adding up to each other's strength to build like this big um, conglomerate that has the different expertise from the whole world. I think that's what makes it beautiful because uh, I know I'm, I have a colleague in, in London right now who does, he's actually from Colombia and the UK, which is, there's a whole, he's, he's on a podcast elsewhere in the program, but he's been on doing a lot of work in social innovation experimentation. And basically the mindset shifts are around putting diversity in the room and then taking away something that there's a big issue around because when you just put people in the room to, to be people and human first, then all the other issues melt away. Exactly. And we build on each other's challenges and, and beliefs in changing the world and making it a better place for, for all the people. Exactly. I yeah. think this is core, this is the essence, and this is what drives us most in, in mm. whatever we're working on in our daily life. And having impact where we, where we gather all these different, um, all this passion, and we put it into one big thing that's capable and that started changing and moving people towards making them better, uh, better persons, better humans, making them even push forward to create the ripple effect where other people are being empowered by us and that they're empowering other people. And this is what you want at the end of the day. Absolutely. What, what I'd like to ask you now has to do with, with uh, what I can see is a gap, and I could be wrong on this, but the United States and I'm not from the United States, I'm from Canada, but in the United States, and probably in Canada too, but to a lesser extent, companies run government. Elsewhere, it's completely different. But when it comes to conversation around global governance, and you've got social entrepreneurship, and you've got governance, there is a gap between the two. People don't necessarily see how social, how social entrepreneurship can tackle some of these big issues. What would you say to somebody that said, hey, you know, nice idea, but how's that going to really work? 
I think there's not only gap, first of all, between social entrepreneurs and public institutions that are forming very often the global governance, but there's even a gap, I would say, between young institutions and larger, more established institutions. You need collaboration. It's easily set and it's very difficult to be implemented, um, I guess, uh, in, in the first place. And uh, this is doesn't matter which gap you're addressing here. We know with large organizations and startups, we have already talked about it. There's a different language. You have different um, decision-making in both types of organizations. You have different mindsets and you have different resources that force you to do different things. And uh, governments are essentially here the same. I think where social entrepreneurship actually uh, can work with government and then maybe in the future also take over government function, it's where it comes to implementation or service delivery. So delivery towards um, public goods might be with regard to education, climate change, um, ecological collapse and all these other risk areas that humanity is facing today. After all, I believe um, uh, the global governance system, uh, if they want to uh, keep up with the speed of the entrepreneurial movements that you can see across the world, they better start adapting because the entrepreneurs, they won't mind to take them over otherwise if they are not willing to collaborate. If there's a gap these days, then I think that entrepreneurs are still better equipped because of their sheer number. So the quantity of entrepreneurs that are out there, the speed and agility, with which they are moving and the direct response that they are getting from their beneficiaries or customers, which makes them better to um, keep um, innovating also in the future. Yes, we do see gaps between different organizations. I think we have found a way with impact to tackle these gaps, but we also do see um, uh, that the governance structure needs to shift if they don't want to be taken over by the entrepreneurial um, by the entrepreneurs um, in the future, and as they are collaborating, especially with these large organizations, um, you mentioned that um, in the U.S. companies drive governments. Yes, but we also do see that these are the large companies that are currently having challenges to keep up um, exactly with these entrepreneurs. So I think. It's on uh, the public institutions and on the large companies to actually start building these interfaces or designing the interfaces to effectively collaborate with entrepreneurs. Or it's just a matter of time, I assume, until the entrepreneurs have taken over major parts of their daily work or daily business areas. I think it's very much also a matter of trust if you want to put it in a nutshell, a lot of the traditional institutions are not being trusted the way they used to be trusted before we had the internet, before we had access, before we could maybe collaborate the way we do now and do things ourselves, essentially. Um, And this is most visible in places where impact is operating and um, take Afghanistan or Iraq or Lebanon, where maybe things aren't provided like they are perhaps in Germany. And I want to add on to uh, what Tobias just said about governments better listen or watch out for what's happening on the ground, because even media institutions are not being trusted the, the, the way they were. And now people like you, Donna, come up with podcasts. Um, they come up with, you know, their own, you know, news channels even. Yeah? And you see this in many different countries. And these news channels, a lot of times, they're very much trusted. If it's justified or not, it doesn't matter at this point in time. But where do the crowds go, right? And you can even perhaps in the future see it with security forces. Or maybe you, you will be able to see it with... Um, 
you know, other established actors like large companies yeah, that might lose trust of customers where they go to, to smaller ones. So this is something that everybody has question marks around. And he's, you can really see even the music industry, right? How smaller organizations and smaller initiatives, they could be startups, they could be social startups, they could be just, you know, random initiatives that are not even making any money, but how they're really challenging the status quo everywhere. This is this just a trend of our time and this has this is already full speed actually yeah it is and i'm excited about that at, at the same time i've learned not to say yay disruption because then people freak out and hide <laughs> so it's more a matter of kind of making the you know like supporting the disruption and and you know at the same time letting everyone believe that everything is the way it's always been so it's it, there's just some fascinating dynamics around the emotion of, of transformation and change and what exactly what you just described, Nicole, that I find interesting. And I like the phrase, where do the crowds go? Because one of the observations I've had is that these organizations will either be left behind or com become so redundant that, that it, it just won't matter. And so, you know, that's where it gets interesting. Yeah, and, and maybe there Matik and Allah can also say something. I think a lot of times from my observations in Kabul, the people that like Mati, they're, they're very much um, looked up to also and, and also other entrepreneurs where, you know, a lot of the, let's call them crowds, um, young people, minority groups, women, they're, they're looking at the role models, right, that are really creating something for the community and they're really making something of themselves. And uh, you can even call them multipliers. So I think, you know, you need to see where does the attention go? What, what do people believe and who do people believe in? Um, and I think this is a key question that we need to address. But Im impact does really try to, you know, translate, as Tobias also said, yeah, the, the, the language of the different key stakeholders, because what is our aim? It's not to, you know, just create, like, draw all attention to entrepreneurs. That's not necessarily what we're looking at. We're really looking at what challenges are we facing what common challenges are we facing as a humanity, right? And we want to kind of put the attention out there and, and also move away, you know, from the people's politics. Like, is it, is it Trump? Is it Hillary? Yeah. I mean, we, we need to look at, maybe we need to look at our environment. Maybe we need to look at education and start talking, having a different conversation. Yeah. And this is what impact is, is doing. Yes. To add on what Nichols uh, just said, is that uh, platforms like Impact, they are giving like some sort of feeling to the people who are following these platforms that uh, we as people, we're not only followers. We can make the trend and we can make others follow us and we can start the change within ourselves because this is like the core behind the social entrepreneurship that if you are an individual, you're living somewhere, you're facing a problem, and you want to solve the problem, and at the end of the day, you want to make a business out of it, then and you have more like important criteria or things which are important than you uh, for you at the end of the day, then the monetary value of that, which is like cultural, which is like some other important things which are more important than the financial side, then you can become a social entrepreneur, a change maker, and the person who can bring the change. Because while we had our conference in Kabul on 2017, there were like, as I mentioned before, around 350. And at the end of the day, people who were part of the conference, they were inspired 
because we gave them the feeling that every one of them has the potential to become a social entrepreneur or a change maker in their community. So I I believe like platforms like Impact can contribute more and more to people's and to make them feel more responsible, not only for themselves, for their family, but more to their community. Now, that's brilliant. Let's go into the platform a bit, because uh, I know we've been talking about platforms elsewhere on the podcast. I have an interview with uh, Simona Shichero uh, from Italy, who's designed the Platform Design Toolkit, which is open source design of platforms. And one of the things he says is that platforms evolve, which is quite handy. When you talk about platform, as you just did, Maddie, what what's the relationship and the collaboration side of it? If I'm on there from Lebanon or from, from Afghanistan or from Germany or from Canada, what's the balance between how I can regionally collaborate and get, find somebody with a common, you know, and bounce ideas around? Uh, what, what would be the purpose? And, and, and so it's regional to global. How, do you, how does that actually work when we talk about a platform? Well, one of the things that we are doing as Impact is connecting different ecosystems. And we want to connect these people that have the same kind of background. They're social entrepreneurs, they're change makers. And at the end of the day, they want to contribute to the same goal. That's what we have done when we had an event in Kabul. We have gathered like from Afghanistan, but different kind of background from government, from private sector, from educational backgrounds. They came together and participate to the program. And while we had the event in Berlin, so we had entrepreneurs from Kabul and also entrepreneurs and change makers from Berlin who were like uh, German and also some immigrants. So they worked together on uh, on the common projects in order to provide with solutions for Afghanistan or for some of the challenges which immigrants had in Germany. So basically, by this platform, we are connecting people. We are providing them with the opportunity to meet like-minded people from other countries. And then, with the passage of the time, we do follow-ups on their collaboration, on their cooperation, and the projects they were working in common. And as Impact, what we want to do is the first, that we want to provide them with the opportunity to connect. Then we want to follow up with them And then if they face any challenge or any problem with that, we want to provide them with solution and support them in order to nurture these kind of cooperation. I would like to just dig a bit deeper into that. I think what you just said, Donna, that platforms evolve um, perfectly fits impact. Impact was uh, established or founded as an initiative less than a year ago. And it was happening um, first time as an offline event built around the three issues that are central to impact that uh, Nicole described, which are collaborating with regard to knowledge, resources and networks. Um, So these were um, the three pillars around which impact was structured right in the first um, uh, right from the right from the start. And in Kabul, it was Afghanistan only. Um, with a few people actually coming in from uh, Pakistan, but with lots of different um, backgrounds, but mainly entrepreneurs and people who want to make a difference. In Berlin, we extended that. 
And in Berlin, it was already uh, bringing together different ecosystem, literally in Berlin, bringing together different ecosystem players from uh, the entrepreneurship scene in Kabul and Berlin, and actually coming together not only around the three pillars, resources, networks, and um, uh, knowledge, but actually turning all of that jointly, collaboratively into action, into the seven projects that had evolved from Berlin. And then afterwards, going to um, uh, Beirut now in the future to Delhi and uh, to Baghdad, we are really building exactly onto that. But we are keeping the context, or we call them chapters by now, in Kabul, in Berlin, in Beirut, and in the future in Baghdad and Delhi. So we we always have people that are on the ground actually engaged that are supporting Impact as a platform. But this is just the first step. I mean, again, as we've just said, Impact is less than a year old. So what does it mean to collaborate beyond these happenings in these cities where people actually meet and beyond our follow-ups? What is it that will make a difference? This is something that we are working currently on. And this is something that is probably going into connecting people beyond that platform, bringing people together, because what we are having now is really good outreach in these countries and cities. And we have it with the people on the ground. We can provide access to knowledge, resources and networks beyond the events and uh, that have taken place. And this is wherever this is taking us, um, uh, it's to be seen, but we are currently working on that. And um, uh, this is also something that we have put into the proposal for uh, the Global Challenge Foundations. And we hope that we will take this thinking further together with them. And one more aspect uh, that has come out um, in this interview and which I wanted to highlight as well is we very much focus on cities. So we're in A-type and B-type cities, so Cabo, Berlin, uh, Beirut. So we're going to a lot of the capitals, but we want to also expand um, outside of the capitals because cities are very interesting because a lot of times they are the problem and the solution uh, to a lot of these global challenges that we're facing. Yeah? If we look at um, where a lot of the infrastructure is and, and where people from Uh, governments and from uh, rural areas can connect a lot of times it is in cities and that's also why uh, we place a lot of importance to cities and why we want to connect people from cities in regionally but also beyond regions to each other to me it's it's so exciting because i i operate best on the global scale scale i figured that out uh, when we were in stockholm <laughs> i just thought oh my gosh i started this in 82 and and just kept going into different environments where there were global conversations. So what you're doing is just so exciting. Let's go back to just do a roundtable we, before we close off, because this program's a bit longer than I would normally do for a very special reason, because you've got so much going on here that's so exciting. Let's go to each of you and just get um, a bit of advice, if you could, for the listener who is interested in participating, the social entrepreneur is listening and doesn't quite know how. How can they support you? How can they get involved? Yeah, I think I think rising from the crowd and being part of the people that are in pain is, is key and is essential. Because I totally believe that we can achieve lots of things whenever we're the people that are in pain. And we can push forward in the, the different causes we're working on from the pain we have. So I think this is the, uh, the key thing I really focus on when I do mentorship and when I talk to entrepreneurs in general, 
they should always remember that they are working to solve the pain they were through or someone very close to them is going through. And I think this is one of the keys to success. Whenever there's pain, there's the drive, there's the passion, there's everything that gathers and that creates this power within an individual for him to achieve and to work harder on the cause he's working on. I would say, don't expect us to tell you what to do. But if you have an idea yourself, if you have the passion, the energy, the drive to actually change something in the world, and if you're looking for partners or if you're looking for people to join you, if you're looking for resources or networks, then it's time to reach out to us. On the other hand, obviously, if you want to organize impact in your town, this is uh, we're looking always for people um, like you as well. And uh, we would be more than happy to work uh, with you and see how we can uh, set up impact in your city. If you are a change maker, if you are a person who's looking to bring positive changes to their community and you feel like you're alone, you cannot do it on your own, but you have the passion, just let us know. Yeah, this was very beautifully said uh, by my team members. Um, I would like to add to it that it all starts with yourself and it all starts with your own vision that you have. It all also starts to act. It's easy to see what's wrong in the world. We know what's wrong. We all even can, you know, come up with what people should do and what the government should do and what shouldn't and should be. That's also okay. But what we're looking at is action. And action really comes from taking access even or providing, like coming to us and asking for it or finding alleyways, access to networks, resources and knowledge. Because if you have these three elements in place in a balanced way, then you can act in a very impactful way. Wonderful to chat with all of you. Thank you very, very much for being on the program. I would love to be help somehow I don't know how so just you know maybe we can chat about that offline but if there's some role I can play certainly I do a lot of sense making for you so as long as I can be of support I'd be loved I'd love to do that thank you each each of you for being on the program thank you and I look forward to seeing what evolves next thank you so much great thanks thank you so much fantastic it's been a pleasure Out of all the programs I've done, this one really resonates strongly with me with respect to the vision I've been having for the world for a considerable length of time. So I'm delighted to have brought you into it so you can actually see the power of what and feel the power of what happens when people get together with a shared vision for what's possible. Uh, They can make it happen. So thank you for joining me. My name is Donna Jones. You'll find me on LinkedIn. You'll also find me on Twitter at E-P-D-A-W-N-A underscore Jones, J-O-N-E-S. And also on Facebook at www.fb.com from insight to action. Please share this program. The more we get out to provide hope for the future, the better.